Hello, ako si Judas Cavilan. Kayo ay nakikinig sa bagong Raffler Podcast episode kung saan hihimay natin ang mga mayinit at mahalagang isyu sa Pilipinas. Ito ang Raffler's News Break, Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, pag-uusapan natin ang latest developments sa International Criminal Court. Ikinasana ng ICC ang investigasyon nito sa malawakang pagpatay sa ilalim ng war on drugs ni Pangulong Rodrigo Duterte. Ayon sa ICC Pre-Trial Chamber, naging pataharan ng Estado sa pamumunan ni Duterte ang pagpatay. Madalas na nag-uugat ito sa pag-udyok ni Duterte himself. Ano-ano ba ang sinasabi ng ICC tungkol sa war on drugs? Bakit importante ang investigasyong ito? Ano-ano ang mga posibleng susunod na hakbang ng korte patungo sa pag-hold accountable sa nangyayari sa bansa? Talakayin natin ang isyong ito kasama si Rapper Justice Reporter Lian Buwan. Hi Lian, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Judes. So, Lian, uh, ang dami kong tanong sa'yo, ang dami kong kailangang... Huwag mahirap. Hindi mahirap, for sure. Ikaw pa. So, Lian, remind us, ano nga bang International Criminal Court? Ano ang pakay ng organisasyong ito in general kung bakit ito itinayo? Okay, so yung International Criminal Court, the crimes under its jurisdiction is yung crimes against humanity, genocide, war crime, at recently yung naidagdag pero hindi pa natin nare-ratify, yung crimes of aggression. So it is meant to, parang it, think of it as your, the Justice League of the world and um, it is meant to solve and hold accountable people who do such grave crimes like a crime against humanity, a systematic killing on a civilian population. So parang dun nga sa... I'm jumping a little bit, pero dun nga sa situation sa Pilipinas, it was characterized as a systematic attack against a civilian population. So, ganun siya. And um, it has a complementarity feature. So, to the minds of the drafters of the Rome Statute, gusto nila, as all of us would like, dapat yung mga Pilipinas, yung mga sovereign state, it has the ability to prosecute and investigate killings that happen in its own turf. And the Rome Statute or the ICC um, respects that. Kaya merong complementarity uh, function. So, pumapasok lang ang ICC if the Office of the Prosecutor determines that uh, the domestic systems within that country is unable and unwilling to investigate these crimes by itself. So, yun, um, the ICC has more than 100 member states. Hindi na tayo kasali doon since President Duterte withdrew us from it. So, it has a court. It has a pre-trial, it has pre-trial chambers, and it it also has uh, an office of the prosecutor. Tito naman sa latest development sa Pilipinas, sa, ang latest development ay nagbukas na ng full investigation, pinayagan ng pre-trial chamber. Can you remind us, ano ang trigger ng pagbukas ng investigasyong ito? Ano yung trigger points or nalagpas sa threshold ng office of the prosecutor, kaya pinayagan sila ng chamber? Alright, so ang kaibahan kasi uh, sa atin kasi sa justice system natin, um, hindi kinakailangan ng prosecutor ng permiso para mag-investiga. Our prosecutors here, they can motoproprio investigate as in their own initiative, gusto nilang mag-investiga. Or uh, a complaint is filed before them, mag-investiga na sila. Sa ICC, it's kind of different kasi for the prosecutor to open an investigation, it had to seek an authorization from the pre-trial chamber. Nakaka-authorize lang sa atin last week. So, to that extent, magkaiba yung alam nating prosecution process sa prosecution sa ICC. And I've been told that kaya ganun ay they wanted to prevent uh, a situation where the prosecutor would abuse his or her power na mag-investiga. Kasi... Malaki kasing reputational cost na iniimbestigahan ka para sa isang crime against humanity or war crime. So malaki siyang, may malaking implications sa international community. So in order to prevent a situation where the prosecutor would be abusive, ang process sa ICCI, the prosecutor has to seek the authorization from the pre-trial chamber to open an investigation. Hindi pa rin siya ganun kataas yung threshold kasi kunyari, ang conviction ay guilty beyond reasonable doubt. That is the highest threshold. Sa atin dito, 
um, to charge someone in court, uh, kailangan meron kang probable cause to believe that a charge has to be filed. So, medyo mas bababa pa yun ng konti kasi magiimbestiga pa lang and habang habang nagpro-progress yung yung process tumataas din yung threshold so we have now entered a higher threshold stage wherein uh, the office of the prosecutor will be collecting evidence para malaman sino ba yung ipapaaresto nila and that is a higher threshold than what has happened uh, last week the fact that it has or the court has higher thresholds shows na parang may credibility yung ginagawa nila. So compared, like, kunyari sa local systems natin, hindi sila pwede sabihan na baka parang bara-bara lang yung ginagawa nila. Well, uh, I don't want to compare na parang mas credible sila kasi sa local system natin. Pero in a way, you could look at it like this investigation wouldn't have been opened if it were not for an authorization from the pretrial chamber. So kung sa atin, uh, the prosecutor can investigate kung kailan niya gusto. Ito, it had to take Prosecutor Bensuda to really um, justify her request, and it had to take three judges to say yes to an investigation. So yeah, in that sense, masasabi mong mas mataas yung threshold ng investigation sa ICC than the investigation of a prosecutor that we know of dito sa Pilipinas. So when this was announced last week, live pa ako sa Beyond the Story, so nag-message na pala sa atin yung editors na nangyayari na pala. Pero hindi ko tinignan yun. Nagulat lang ako na pagtapos ng show ay anabi ko na message and yun nga nag-announce na it came with 41-page document, mahaba, very meaty. Can you mm-hmm. tell us, ano yung key points ng decision na to ng ICC na dapat malaman ng mga tao? Siguro, um, the most uh, the most that left kasi at this point, uh, Judes, nabasa na kasi natin yung request eh, ni Prosecutor Bensuda um, a month or a little over a month ago. So basically, affirmation eh, ng pre-trial chamber yung mga sinabi ni Prosecutor Bensuda. But I'll repeat it here just the same, is that nakitaan nila ng link yung um, killings in the drug war from 2016 to 2019 when we were withdrawn to the killings in Davao City by the alleged Davao Death Squad. So nakitaan nila na um, it may be the same actors kasi parang yung mga mga link na police or mga link na actors sa Davao City parang sila yung kinuha uh, para sa plum post para mag-execute um, ng drug war dito sa dito sa capital and uh, nakita nila ng same same pattern yung same pattern of alleged cover up and uh, yun parang this these are things that we know kasi hindi tayo bago sa sa patayan or sa sitwasyon. These are things that we've known since 2016. And I guess, um, big deal siya kasi it's now in the records of the ICC. And it's like an affirmation from a higher court na, oo nga, may nangyayaring patayan. And, well, we know that may nangyayaring patayan, pero it's one thing for a prosecutor and for a pre-trial chamber to affirm that, hmm, mukhang may link. Parang di naman nila sinasabing may link, guilty na, ganun, may probable cause na. Wala pa, sinasabing lang nila na hmm, mukhang may link at uh, it merits an, investig- an investigation by the prosecutor. And one thing also that um, is significant for me at least um, is yung it wants to call it a Philippine situation. It doesn't want to uh, pre-judge or ay- ayon na lang i-preempt yung accusation against President Duterte and his government. But President Duterte was mentioned at least, I think, 17 times dun sa authorization ng pre-trial chamber. So it's a, a strong accusation that it's a policy that may have been enabled by him and others named in the report like Senator uh, Bato de la Rosa. Are there other things na dapat ay parang pagtuuno ng pansin ng Pilipinas or ng mga Pilipino pagbabasahan nila yung document na dapat nila for you ay interesting or says so much about what's happening here? Um, may nabanggit din doon na uh, based on the information they have gotten so far, uh, hindi yung mga ina-accuse ay hindi lang murder or hindi lang um, yun, hindi lang murder, meron ding sexual violence na nabanggit yung mga information na nakarating sa kanila. So, uh, ayun, um, again, these are stories that we've heard of since 2016. So, when you read it, baka isipin mo, hindi na to bago eh. Baka some of the names there, you might already know kasi these are work, uh, years, 
years worth work of human rights advocates who went to the ICC. So in that sense, parang mag okay siyang basahin ulit to be reminded of the terrible things that happened um, to Filipinos. But I think kung ako ah, from my point of view, nag ano kay nagfifixate ako dun sa anong mangyayari next. And the pre-trial chamber did say that a policy uh, does not only include the highest levels in power. It's not only going to be President Duterte or Senator De La Rosa. Uh, the judges said that um, it can be local or regional organization. So, kaya sinulat ko nga dun sa story ako that night is, drug war officials be warned. Kasi kung police ka man, low level ka man, you think hindi ikaw yung target ng ICC, then you are warned because in the authorization, the pre-trial chamber said it can be regional to local level official. Kasi blood is on their hands kahit sabi mong, uh, we have in our many stories na yung mga pull trigger ay mga police themselves. Police din yung mga hindi nagbibigay ng documents sa mga pamilya. So para siyang malaking sistema na complicit lahat. And it would be interesting to know kung ano yung magiging next steps ng ICC, kung sino yung parang tututukan nila, given na sinabi mo nga na they also mentioned na it's also a local level din na impunity hmm. style. So you mentioned kanina na affir- yung sinabi ng korte sa documents ay affirmation of what we've been hearing from hmm. the ground, from families, what families are saying since 2016 and practically ignored by government in the Philippines. And on, on the other hand, Hindi rin, hindi rin parang hindi rin surprising na dinideny ito ng mga government officials. Uh, I remember one thing na na sina, parang sinabi agad na sinabi sa decision na walang meaningful steps sa investigation. Mm-hmm. And then sabi ng government ay hindi totoo to ganun. Dinideny nila mm-hmm. agad. Pero the fact that kahit anong denial, kahit anong pa UN statement ng gobyerno pate pa uh, human rights joint program ng gobyerno kuno ay hindi para hindi mo siya pinansin pero nag-rise above it dito yung ICC at sinabi na there are no meaningful steps taken to investigate state killing a state policy what does this say uh, about sa government natin i mean what what do you think this means hmm. kaya alam mo kaya napapagbintangan talaga ang Philippine government of misleading the international community kasi very incremental yung kanilang reaction. Remember, in 2017, hindi naman nila ina-acknowledge na may EJK, ba? Sabi nila, there, there are no EJKs here and they hide behind the legalities of it all na ano bang definition ng EJK? Eh, wala naman tayong death penalty so there can no, there can no, there can never be an extrajudicial killing because we don't have a judicial killing. So may mga ganun sila, tas naaalala mo pa ng 2017, sinabi na, um, how can it be a crime against humanity when drug suspects are not part of humanity? Yung ganun. So, incremental eh. Parang 2017, walang EJK. Okay pumatay kasi addict yan. Um, binaril, uh, tumutok ng baril sa mga police. Ganun. And in 2018, when the preliminary examination was opened, medyo ganun pa eh. Ganun pa yung tono. And it all changed. Uh, I think decisively, it all changed. In June 2020, when the Secretary of Justice faced the UN Human Rights Council and said, we are going to review the acts of policemen in the drug war because that basically parang, kasi for all these times na hinahanapan natin sila ng, oh, nasa na yung mga investigations nyo and nasa yung mga prosecutions nyo. The defense has always been, there's a presumption of regularity. Hindi namin pwedeng imbestigahan lahat ng mamamatay because we presume that our policemen did all these things in the proper conduct of their duty. And when the drug war review was opened and they said the promise, the commitment, was they were going to review every single death in anti-drug operations. Parang, in ano eh, parang tinapon yung presumption of regularity kasi it was the government saying, okay, wala na tayong presumption. Iimbestigahan na namin kayo. But that came just when we were expecting a move from the uh, just when we were expecting a move from the ICC kaya sila na pagbibintangan ng misleading yan kasi yeah avoid nyo lang ang ICC that's why you want to open a review because you want to say that we are willing and able to to investigate it tapos since the opening of the the review nung unang ganda eh diba parang oh ganda ng promise tapos february this year sinabi ulit sa UNHRC na um 
half of the cases we've examined, we found lapse of protocol. And then days later, we will find out 300 lang pala yung baseline data nila out of 7,000. So what's half 150? Ang konti nun, ba? So from then on, uh, nauurot natin sila na parang nasa na yung mga drug war review report nyo, ganyan-ganyan. And then inching closer and closer and closer tong ICC and kin nga nag-open na ng investigation. Saka harap si President Duterte sa UNGA para sabihin, I will hold everyone accountable under the law. Sa UNGA, pero sa SONA niya, hindi nga niya binanggit yung UN Human Rights Pro... Binida niya yung joint program sa UNGA. Pero sa State of the Nation niya last July, di niya naman binida yun eh. Ano ang binida niya? Gumawa tayo ng bill o ng batas na magbibigay ng free legal assistance to cops and soldiers who will who may be charged for conducts that arise from the performance of their duty. So, makikita mo kaya sila pinabibintangan ng misleading kasi napaka parang napaka-reactive. Parang very convenient yung reaction and they say one thing to the UNGA and then show another thing altogether to the SONA. One thing also na I want to point out is, of course, I'm going to ask you later about the domestic mechanisms of Philippines. Pero the fact that when Minardo Guevara announced that they found irregularities in the operations, they did not stop the drug war on drugs. Okay, there's hmm. a pandemic, so medyo mababa yung mga operations. Pero the killings continued. Yeah. Even when, when parang hindi pa nga reported yung marami kasi nga focus sa pandemic or hindi silang galabas sa numbers mismo. Hmm. Pero they didn't stop. So what does it tell about them na if there are 150 cases na nakita nyo irregularities, hindi lang yan parang unique, unique situation. Hindi lang yan parang, ah, nagkataon lang na itong police ito ay hindi pinalo, pinalo tong ano to. There's something wrong in the system and that should be uh, fixed or, di ba, ginagawa mo pang may policy ka and hindi nag-work yung policy mo. What will you do? You stop and recalibrate. Ilang beses na ginawa yan, nagsuspend na, ilang beses sila nag- nag Nag-suspend dahil may napatay na big time uh, individual like Jeep Drew, if you remember that. Pero wala pa rin nangyaring changes sa, sa system mismo ng drug war. Marami pa rin namamatay. And since February, I'm sure marami pa rin namamatay yan. It can be, at least according to published data ng government, ay hundred since February. So it says so much about how they treat this drug war panel. Is it really about assessing if the drug war is, is going beyond the bounds of what... what a lawful operation should be, or this is just trying to find scapegoats, the forms of uh, local policemen who don't follow the rule, per se. So, mamaya ko tanongin yan, ang dami kong gustong tanongin about Jalian. Pero, balik tayo sa ICC. Kung titignan mo yung buong proseso ng ICC trial investigation, nasaan yung parte ng investigation? Uh, is this, I know, so marami nagsabi, this is a long way pa, pero is this significant or Nasa na siya? Step 2, step 3, or what? It, it's, it's, it's step 2. Kasi ang step 1 ay preliminary examination which lasted 2018 yun, di ba? Kailan ba tayo na? 2018, lasted two and a half years yung preliminary examination. Uh, so this is the uh, second step, um, investigation. The third step would be the issuance of warrants of arrest and summons. The fourth step would be Take them into custody, and this will, and this is the stage where it will get tricky. Okay, let's assume that kunyare ang ipapa-arresto si Official A. Let's assume that Official A is arrested or voluntarily surrenders himself. Don't magkakaroon ng hearing ng confirmation of charges. So kailangan ulit i-assess ng pre-trial chamber na tama yung pinaresto nyo ng tao. Parang ganon. So ya approve ng pre-trial chamber yung warrant of arrest and then kapag um, nag, they take that person into custody, magkakaroon na muna ulit ng hearing ng confirmation of charges where when there's another assessment of tama ba na pinaaresto nyo siya and tama ba na ililitis natin siya and then they will go to trial. So, and it, kaya tricky yung, yung arrest warrant kasi they cannot hold trials in absentia. So, kung hindi nila makukuha in their custody, yung tao, hindi mag-move forward to the confirmation of charges. Kaya, yun yung biggest criticism against the ICC. At ang perpetual, ano dyan, ang example is si Umar al-Bashir na uh, ngayon palang ita-turnover ng gobyerno ng Sudan to the ICC kasi nagkaroon na ng transitional government doon, nagka-people power na, so ibibigay na sa for, for very long time, hindi naman siya na-aresto. He can even travel to member states Pero yung mga member city, hindi rin siya ina-aresto. So, we are at the 
very very early level of of the ICC process but of course uh not to downplay it kasi it's not for nothing kasi nakarating pa rin tayo dito and who would have thought makakarating tayo dito eh nung preliminary examination pa nga lang binabrush off na to ng Malacañang and every time and every process meron silang bagong defense so that eh nung preliminary examination they kept saying there's no ano that violates complementarity there's no jurisdiction because our courts are able and willing to to do this tapos nung nag pinoblicize ni prosecutor Bensuda yung request to authorize an investigation ng sabi ni ni, ni Harry Roque um, parang hindi hindi tayo makikipag-cooperate tapos ngayon yun na sabi niya parang palagay ko a prediction ko matutulog lang to kasi never naman tayong makikipag-cooperate so reactive reactive yung ano yung 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 reaction parang if they really wanted to show um, the robust justice system they have all the opportunity to do so in fact meron na silang drug war review and aside from stopping the drug war which will satisfy i guess some of the critics of the drug war the simple proof would be nasan yung complaint that arises out the drug war review siguro simple lang naman yun diba na parang oh ito na complaint na kakasuhan na namin si ganito si ganito si ganyan wala pa nga yun eh and we don't even know the full extent of the report we just know there are two reports we just know that the first report says there were laps of protocols in how many cases eh ilan ba talaga yung pinag-aralan niyo hindi hindi nga sinasabi ng diretso eh parang piece in the puzzle tong ginagawa natin um for for a whole year so yun na parang they want to show that the justice system is robust they have a perfect opportunity to do so which is to show concrete result of the review. Pero sabi nga ni Justice Secretary Menor de Guevara kanina, konting pasensya lang daw. Bago tayo mag-move on into another part of the interview, meron tayong tanong from our audience sa Facebook. Sabi ni George Wong, uh, I don't, I'm not sure if you can answer this, pero baka may idea ka diyan. Kung sa kanin dumating na yung mga ahente ng ICC at deserve yung warrant, kung magkaroon nga at magkaroon na warrant or summons, is it legal and constitutional na gamitin ni Duterte ang militar at polisya para pigilan ang mga tao na to inside their country? Walang police power ang ICC. So walang ahenteng pupunta dito para mag-serve ng summon or mag-serve ng arrest warrant. So the ICC will have to rely on the law enforcement agent of the member states to enforce the warrant of arrest. So kung nasa Pilipinas yung ipapa-aresto, it has to be the PNP or the AFP who will have to arrest them and turn them over to the ICC. And similarly, when they travel to a member state, it would have to be the law enforcement agent of that member state to execute the warrant. Walang police power ang ICC. Kaya pala never na atang lalabas ng bansa si so, Pangulo ano, Duterte. So actually, yung scenario nung nagtanong, hindi, it doesn't have to be that bad. Kasi if this person, ayoko sabihin kasi President Duterte kasi hindi naman natin alam ko siya yung papa-arresto. Uh-huh. If this person wants to evade the arrest warrant and the government doesn't respect the ICC, they can just very easily evade the arrest warrant as evident by uh, many cases. So thank you so much, George Wong, for that question. My next question, balita sa investigation yan. Ano usually yung ginagawa sa isang investigation, itong full investigation na, and ano yung kiting na nila dito? I remember the past, ay titignan diba kung may jurisdiction. At this point, ano yung titignan nila? Ito titignan na talaga, magkoconnect na talaga sila ng tao because their goal for the next stage is to be able to serve summons and arrest warrant. So, kung dati, tinitignan nila yung jurisdiction kung able and willing at nag establish lang sila ng mga facts, ng mga information kung anong nangyari. Dito, nandito na sila sa process of sino ba yung may sala. And that is a, such so much higher threshold than just opening the investigation. Kasi ito, mabibintang ka na eh. Sasabihin mo na na this person was the one who may have perpetrated the crime, the crime against humanity. What kind of evidence are they looking at? Di natin alam kung ano yung strategy ng, ng OTP. Maybe they'll be careful next time. For example, I'll, I'll give you an example. Sa Congo, um, pinaaresto ng Congo ang isang alleged uh, official ng rebel group na inaakusahan nila. So, um, nabigyan siya ng arrest warrant. Pero nung, nung meron ng confirmation of charges hearing, hindi kinonfirm yung charges uh, sa kanya ng ICC because the ICC said that even though 
sabihin na natin official siya nung rebel group, there were no suggestion that he had the power or authority over the commanders and soldiers on the ground who did the crime. So, ganun na yung klaseng ebidensya na titignan nila. So, yung sinasabi na um, the public statements of the president, di ba, ilang beses yung inano, ilang beses yung um, sinabi sa, sa, sa report, maybe they're, they're going to be looking at ano ba yung ebidensyang makakapagtay to President Duterte that he ordered this. Pero I, I guess it depends who you ask. Kasi may isa kong lawyer na tinanong ng Amnesty International, I asked if do you need someone to to prove or a whistleblower on or an insider who can tell the court na yes, President Duterte ordered the killing or yes, President Duterte told Senator De La Rosa na ganitong gawin nyo, ganun. Kailangan nyo ba yun? Um, para sa kanya hindi daw kasi a pattern is a pattern and it's a policy. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a war on drugs. Hindi naman, sin, hindi naman dinedenay ng gobyerno na meron silang war on drugs eh. Ang dinedenay lang nila that we didn't have a killing policy but people were killed and people were killed by the police so yun um titignan natin so yeah, i mean i don't know what kind of um kung anong magiging strategy ng OTP kasi may isa ring kaso na kaya nila na pin down yung isang isang official is because meron silang mga video na yung official talaga ay bumarel so that is a smoking gun ba na parang um, meron ba tayong ganun? Meron ba tayong hukuhang ganun? Uh, hindi natin alam, but uh, I'm sure that uh, siguro maybe jumping the gun from your question, they do not need to go here to find those evidence. Um, the OTP has um, fashioned creative ways to be able to collect evidence without going here and Filipinos are very much willing to extend assistance to the ICC. So hindi nila kailangan pumunta dito. And I remember reading the report na parang tinawag na significant yung circular, pinakaunang drug war circular na signed mm-hmm. by De La Rosa. And isa rin na parang pinakita nila showing na parang supporting yung information from the prosecutor na killing state policy dahil sinama ng PCOO sa achievement nila, I think years ago, yung mm-hmm. mga namatay sa drug war. So may parang I just, shows, uh, yeah, may, may I just point out though that using that circular has been the basis of the petitions pending in the Supreme Court, yung final uh, ng free legal assistance group and center law. That that's basically their ano eh, That's basically their argument that the circular by De La Rosa authorized killings. Kasi merong biglang negation. Eh, wala namang legal meaning and negation. At nowhere in any law or any police manual does it say kill. It just says parang restrain, ba? Parang use of force to restrain or or ano, parang, yun, pa to restrain your, your the enemy, ganun, your adversary. Walang nakalagay na kill the adversary. Sabi lang, restrain mo yung yung adversary mo. And yung yung sinabi sa report na the PCOO included it in their achievement, that is part of a resolution by the Supreme Court when they uh, when they um, ruled to release the drug war reports, yung tinignan natin. Resolution yan ng Supreme Court, ng highest court of the land, na sinabi nila na by including these killings in this in your achievement, then maybe we will believe that these are state-sponsored killings. Those are the words of the Supreme Court na ay kung nakakalimutan yun na. So, siguro kailangan din isipin ng mga Pilipino na nasa na ba yung Supreme Court case? Bakit wala pa rin desisyon hanggang ngayon? Yeah, I I wanted to I also wanted to ask you about that pero of course hindi mo masasagot kung asan na ba yung Supreme Court in all of this the drug war ilang taon na rin naglabas pa tayo ng story diyan early this year na pinpointing na bakit ang tagal nila pero we have no news or idea pa kung ano na nangyayari Nilipat na siya to its third justice. Uh, wala pa kasing kapalit yung justice na nag-retire. So, it went from Justice Carpio to Justice De Los Santos. And now, Justice De Los Santos has retired. So, meron na siyang bagong justice, pero wala pang ina-appoint to that position. And by tradition kasi, yung kaso na iniwanan nung justice na yun, mapupunta kung sino yung papalit sa position niya. At wala pang na-appoint dun. So, yeah, it's been four years and wala pa resolution yung yung petitions. For my next question, I know you answered this in previous questions, no? Pero we wanted to put it on the record straight then. 
walang effect or walang impact if the government does refuses to cooperate with the ICC. At least, at least sa sa, legally walang effect. It won't it won't it won't legally bar them from from ano from um continuing the investigation but of course it will have practical effect, diba? Kasi uh syempre mahirap talaga 'yon kung hindi ka makikipag-cooperate. Eh, mahirap talaga 'yon, wala namang madaling non-cooperation. Pero um uh, as uh, one lawyer put it, it's very difficult but it's also doable and kasi nagawa na nagawa na before. Yeah. And for my next question, I know mahirap na i-predict kung kailan yung nagiging next step, no? Pero gusto ko magtanong dun sa, hindi naman sa trial agad, pero from now na full investigation until mag, mag-release ng summons or manghingi ng uh, permission to issue summons, hmm. meron ba tayong parang ibang bansa or country situation na pwede tayong pagbatayan or tignan as idea kung kaano kahaba yung hihintayin? Yeah, um, isa sa mga nakita kong pinakamaikli na, I don't know if this is the shortest, pero isa sa mga pinakong, pinaka nakita kong ikli na is two years from investigation to the issuance of arrest warrants. And this happened to Ali Muhammad Ali Abd al-Rahman from Sudan. So 2005, inopen ng prosecutor yung investigation. Um, June 6, 2005, inopen yung investigation. And... April 27, 2007, in-issue yung arrest warrants sa kanya. So, it took two years. And in our, saying it now, two years, parang antagal. Pero in our minds, mabilis lang yan. Kasi actually, yung preliminary examination nga to investigation, na it also took two years. We say it's long, but actually, medyo, para sa akin, ah, para sa akin, medyo mabilis. Kasi naaalala ko nung preliminary examination, ang pinaka-criticism nga dyan, matagal yan kasi nga yung Afghanistan, napakatagal yun, may umaabot pa ng sampung taon bago maka, makamuwan. But this is relatively all things considered um, happened um, relatively in a reasonable amount of time. And if we were, we are to compare, um, and if we are to compare nga, um, there was a two year, one of the shortest from investigation to arrest warrant was two years in the case of uh, a Sudanese uh, official. Yeah, two years. So it will be interesting what will happen in those two years of Philippines. Maybe, maybe, uh, no, maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, no, maybe um, quicker, di natin alam. Yeah. So it's parang, what are the ideas? So just brace ourselves, yeah. the government should wait and the us should continue monitoring what's happening. Mm. So, Lian, you have a story na nilabas mo last week na sinabi mo na kinontra mo yung sinasabi ng government na robust at maayos ang justice system sa Pilipinas. Can you tell us yeah. about the local mechanisms na palaging binibida ng government backing this claim nila? We know there's a drug war panel and you mentioned ako na nangyayari na doon. For you, what are the key points na nagko-contradict sa claim ng government na the justice system is working here in the Philippines. Okay, bago ko sabihin yung usual ano dyan, answer, siguro explain ko kung ano yung systematic na, no, no. Story natin to, Judas. Um, explain ko kung ano yung systematic delay. And again, sobrang incremental and reactive nung reaction ng gobyerno dito because back in 2017, when they were still denying the EJK, parang wala naman silang napapakita ng ano eh napapakitang prosecution and investigation uh, nangyari lang yung kay Kian na medyo mabilis because nga may CCTV so that's one conviction and it remains up to now the sole conviction of a drug war killing and then nung 2018 uh, we also did this to this in FOI natin to sa DOJ, we kept pressing pahingi po ng breakdown ng, ng prosecution nyo. They were able to show at that point, um, 76, if I'm not mistaken, no, more than 70 prosecutions out of the what? 4,000, 5,000 na yung patay nun eh. At 2018, 5,000 na yung patay. So 76 prosecutions out of 5,000 dead. Sobrang konte At bakit ganun? Kasi nga may presumption of regularity. So let's say, in those 5,000 kids, 4,000 doon sinabi, we presume the regularity of the police. But lawyers have always argued that when there's a body, when there's a dead body, 
yung nanlaban is a matter of a legal defense. So, hindi mo siya pwedeng i-presume. Dapat siyang patunayan in a court, in a court trial. So, the question has always been, bakit hindi nakakarating sa trial? And if, if the, if nanlaban nga talaga, let the judge say that. Now, I, Napano, napanood ko sa isang interview ni Secretary Guevara. Ayaw niya kasi magpa-interview sa akin. Pero napanood ko sa isang interview niya. So, nagsabi niya na meaningful justice system is also not putting someone through prosecution kung wala naman siyang kasalanan. Kasi ba diba, parang justice is when you convict the nagkasala and acquit the innocent. Hindi rin naman justice kung nag-convict ka ng innocent. And I agree, pero paano mo malalaman kung hindi mo titignan? That's, that's always been my question, di ba? Na parang, paano mo malalaman na wala siyang kasalanan kung hindi mo man lang tinignan um, at the prosecution at the prosecution level? Eh, meron namang PNP legal, meron namang POW for indigent policemen, at ngayon nga meron pang free legal assistance na pinupush siya kanila sa Congress. So, investigahan, uh, investigahan natin lahat and Yun nga, uh, to moving forward, yung systematic, parang sasabihin, um, magkaso, napakahirap namang magkaso. Kukuha ka pa lang ng blotter sa police, ng police report, papahirapan ka na. Kukuha ka ng autopsy, papahirapan ka na. Parang wives have had to resort to tricks to get just police reports. Nagpapasama sa pare, nagpapasama sa mga taga-simbahan nag-iisip ng ano ng ng ang tawag doon nag-iisip ng excuse 'di ba parang sabi nga ng kwento nga sa atin sabi ang bilin sa kanila pag pumunta kayo sa station wag yung sasabihin para sa kaso to ha, kasi never kayong bibigyan wag kayong magdadala ng abogado kasi never kayong bibigyan so nag-iisip sila ng mga paraan na uy kailangan po namin ng report kasi magki-claim kami ng burial ano assistance ng financial assistance sa simbahan sa NGO para lang mabigay sa kanila and if napatay ka ng riding in tandem, wala ka talagang report na makukuha. You don't even know, you don't even know where to start. Tapos pag finile mo, madidismiss din naman or madadowngrade. Like yung nakita natin yung mga pinatay na mag-aama sa Quezon City ata or sa Kalaokan, dinowngrade ng ombudsman from murder to homicide. So, that is the, yung, alam mo yun, yung systematic delay or systematic dysfunction that makes it so tremendously hard to even start filing complaints or filing cases. So, when they say we have a robust justice system, yes, we have a working court, we have a we have a working prosecution service, but the experiences, the lived experiences, the realities on the ground, and the fact that when there's a dead body, hindi agad-agad proactive yung prosecutor. They wait for the police to come to them. Eh, bakit naman pupunta ang police sa inyo? Eh, police yung nakapatay, di ba? Bakit naman nila ganun? That has been the problem all along. Which should have been solved when the DOJ opened the drug war review in, 20, in June 2020 because this is precisely what they needed to look at. And so we gave, I think everybody gave them the benefit of the doubt na, okay, sige, we'll let you. So from June to January 2021, wala namang namumulit sa kanila. Eh, by February, nag-report sila na we saw lapse of protocol. Eh, nasan na yun? Nasan na yung mga complaints? So, yun yun. Yun yung, yun yung, dami ko sinabi. But basically, that's uh, that's what people need to think about when the government tells them that there's a robust justice system. Yes. Kasi it's more than beyond, like, beyond the numbers that we're seeing. It's, it's the lived experiences of the families on the ground. Yung mga challenges na Minsan nagpasuko na sa kanila at nagtatago na sila kasi nga pagod na sila at tahot sila sa safety ng kanilang pamilya. Can I just add also, ito yung latest statement ni Presidential Legal Counsel Salpanelo. Sabi niya na parang, we would investigate if only uh, ano parang legitimate complainants come to us. Siyempre, that's a dig to the progressive groups. No? Feeling nila hindi legitimate yung mga yung mga progressive group. At yan din yung sinasabi minsan ng DOJ na ang hirap kasi dahil wala namang witness na pupunta. Minsan nga tinanong ko, okay, what if I'm a witness? What if I'm a family? What is the mechanism to come to your review? Wala daw. Dapat hihintayin mo na makapag-coordinate yung panel sa'yo. Tapos pagtatanungin mo naman yung mga group na nakikipag-coordinate ba sa'yo, sabi nila, hindi naman. ba Parang hirap. And 
we don't even know who these people are. Kung ano ba yung kasong tinitignan nyo. Diba? Parang, ito nga yung sinasabi ni Commissioner Karen Gomez Dumpit nung interview sa kanya nung, nung January. Eh. If only the DOJ would share the data with the CHR, pwede na nilang itabulate yung mga cases. Kasi pag nakita nila na, o oh, parang police station, whatever, whatever, keeps having this problem, pwede silang mag-zero in on that station. Or pag, sina- pag nakita nilang, o oh, bakit this police colonel figures in one, two, three, four, every time lilipat siya ng station, di ba mahilig maglipat ng station ng PNP ngayon? Every time maglilipat ng station tong police to, may nangyayaring patayan. So maybe we can zero in on them. That is the value of sharing data with the CHR na hanggang ngayon na hindi pa rin binibigay ng DOA, DOJ. Nandun pa rin sila sa will think about it. Parang it's, parang, sabi mo halina, benefit of the doubt, parang, are we still going to believe that everyone's acting on good faith at this point? Given na uh, ang dami ng situations, ang dami ng relevant data na with, with the, the, the backs, the fact that this is a systematic problem and they're not addressing it. I, yeah, I think it's easy, yeah. say, it's easy to say be patient. It's easy to say be patient if we've been waiting one week or three weeks or a month, ba? Pero June 2020 pa kasi itong yeah. review na to. And even the opening of the review seems a little bit of a delayed reaction. Kasi hello 2018, alam nyo ng limang libo yung pinatay ng policemen. You know that. You know that. So bakit it took you two years more to open the, the drug war review. So when the secretary says be patient, it's really not easy to be patient at this point. It's easy to be patient if you're not the ones parang worrying every night if ikaw na ba'y susunod kasi pinatay yung kamag-anak mo or mawawalan ng parent na naman exactly. yung, yung mga anak mo. Kasi we've heard this, diba, na after a few weeks or months na pinatay yung asawa niya, sinunod yung siya and sinunod yung pinsan. So families are getting killed. And yung, what is one day, for them, one day may be like one working day na pwedeng gawin kinabukasan. Pero for many of the poor communities, which sabi nga na ICCI, target talaga for communities in drug war, it means another possible deaths na di lang isa, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10 in any community. So parang it's parang it's worrying or it's concerning for the, for the DOJ or the government or whoever is in charge of the drug war review panel to see na hindi na nakikita urgency na situation. Which, di ba, ina-underline nga ng ICC, ina-underline ng mga ng prosecutor at ng mga human rights groups na may urgency sa situation. And kung hindi nila kayang uh, i-prosecute or sampahan ng kaso muna yung mga police, pati nila itigil yung drug war muna. Or bakit hindi sila makipag-cooperate sa ICC, di ba? Yun. Di ba nga sabi na, di ba? Na challenge them na parang if you're really yeah. serious about holding people accountable, there's the ICC lending its hand to you. Hayaan nyo na. Yeah. And it's parang ano, ano parang we'll go back to their, the, the always parang the, the excuse or favorite messaging ng mga tao online na kung wala kang tinatago, bakit ka matatakot? Which is, balik sa kanila, pero hindi nila masagot yun. So, yan for my next question. In the context of ginagalawan na, natin ngayon, why is this investigation ng ICC crucial at this point in time? I think lahat naman ng stage ng ICC is crucial because ICC to eh, it's the International Criminal Court, hindi naman to kangaroo court, ba? So everything is crucial. It's crucial number one because it gives a revi- revived sense of hope to those who have lost hope. And you and I know that. We've talked to them na sobrang nawawalan na sila ng pag-asa. And having their voices heard by the ICC through that registry report, yung mas- ma- mabanggit yung pangalan nila sa records ng ICC, minsan malaking bagay yun eh. So it's crucial to them because... Alam mo yun na parang justice sometimes depends on the tenacity and the commitment of, of the victims. Eh. Kasi malaki ang nakasalalay sa kanila para magpatuloy, magpatuloy, magpatuloy ang kaso. And this opening of an investigation gives them that parang bagong lease of hope na okay, let's continue cooperating. Marami sa kanila, Judes, alam natin, nasa shelter or being protected, di ba? Parang nagtatago. They can't live their um, normal life kasi there are so many threats. So, imagine having to ask them, kaya mo pa ba dito sa shelter natin? One more year, six more months, four more months. Ang hirap nun. Pero, 
because there's a positive development, at least meron kang masasabing, oh, meron naman, meron, meron nangyayari, so just um, kapit lang. Yun, you, the, and I guess another thing, and I may be too political in saying this, but it comes in such a crucial time when there's an election season coming up. And I think this should be an election agenda. It should be a main part of the election conversation. Human rights, killings, accountability, justice, and rule of law should be main points of the election conversation. So when people go to go to polls in May in 2022, ang nila ay, sino ba yung ko na sa patayan at i-hold accountable yung mga pumatay sa mga libo-libong Pilipino. Yeah. And connected to that point, sabi ng ating audience sa Sake Boniao, given nga na the ICC has no police power and it will depend on the local police, a new leadership will play an important role in achieving justice for the EJK victims. So, agree ako sa sinabi mo liyan na dapat election agenda siya, which parang at least into 2019, natin, hindi siya malaking election agenda kasi alam natin yung mga nanalo 2019. So hopefully in 2022, on the run down, important election issue siya kasi of course there's the ICC and there's, and beyond the ICC, yung mga victims na naghihintayin ng hustisya. So, related pa rin dyan sa, sa, question, sa answer mo sa question ko liyan. For my last question, what should the, or what can the public do now? Uh, given that Sabi mo two years nga yung hihintayin or possibling, possible based on other situations in other countries and yung sa panel ay wala nangyayari pa. What can they do na the public, the ones who want to help the victims, who want to at least uh, make the impunity in the Philippines known? Hirap, no? <laughs> wala. <laughs> Una, register to vote. <laughs> then vote for the right people in 2022. Ang hi, alam mo, sobrang hirap talaga ng tanong na yan eh. Pero, siguro it starts with, join join the conversation. Because, these are our leaders, they're still politicians. They're still beholden to our vote and to our confidence and our trust. And if they see that we care about, we care that no, another, another that wala nang papatayin, we care that we respect human rights, we care that there's rule of law, Mapapasunod mo naman yung mga yan eh, kasi beholden naman yan sa confidence and trust nating mga botante. Pero for so long, parang hindi rin naman natin masyadong pinakailangan para ang nangyari, minority voice, yung mga lumalaban para sa human rights and lumalaban um, lumalaban against, uh, against killing. So maybe we should start there. We should start by framing the conversation better. Hindi dapat yung framing ng conversation, deserve niya bang mamatay dahil addict siya. Number one, walang deserve na mamatay ng walang due process. Wala nga tayong death penalty, so walang deserve mamatay, period. <laughs> no So, um, i-frame natin the, the issue of drugs as a health issue, that and uh, frame the issue of drugs as a poverty issue also, na parang bakit ba nag addict yung mga ibang tao? Kasi... Na naman silang makain, there's no other resort and that's not to defend drug addicts and drug pushers but we need to look at it from that point and frame the conversation from that point and if we are to be so lost uh, lusted by blood then our blood loss should be directed at the big time ano big time pushers big time suppliers sino ba yung nagpapasok dito sino ba yung mga nag-smuggle ng drugs dito has anyone ever been held accountable for the large amounts of drugs smuggled to our country? Wala pa. Where's Peter Lim? They don't even know, diba? Nasa na yung mga Chinese na na, na implicated dun sa custom smuggled issue? Sinong nakakulong? Pilipino? Si Mark Taguba, yung broker? Nasa na yung mga foreign nationals na charged with him, diba? Parang, have they been arrested? We don't know. So, Frame the conversation on that and let the leaders know and let those running for positions know that this is something we really care about. Yes, and speaking of conversations, our audience, viewers, listeners, you can join the conversation online. You can also join Rappler's Facebook account, Facebook group na kung saan pinag-uusapan natin yung mga issue nito. There's the Rappler room. Uh, you can find it on Facebook para sumari kayo para makasama sa discussion about any issue in the Philippines, especially including this drug war issue and the quest for justice for the families. And 
nasabi nga kanina, importante ang election na to. Sumali rin kayo sa PH Vote Room sa Facebook kung saan pinag-uusapan naman natin yung mga different issues about the elections. Lalo na in less than two weeks, mag-file na na COC mga kandidato. And so far, at least three na yung nag, uh, presidente na nagsabi na tatakbo sila. So, it's part of that. At this point, isama sa election agenda itong killings and justice and the lack of it for the families. And Thank you so much, Lian, for joining me today. And na- yeah. alam ko, mapakamarugdo na itong issue na to at lagi natin pinag-uusapan to over the, over the years na. Pero sabi mo kanina, dapat palagi siyang pinag-uusapan at hindi mawawala sa 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 dominant discourse sa Pilipinas ngayon. Kasi if, if wala na to, hindi lang, hindi lang tayo nagpag-uusap about it's not about this one family, five families, but this is generations of children who will grow up without parents, without uh their loved ones who will grow up na magiging isipin nila pagpatay ay normal na sa Pilipinas, which should not be the case. Thank you, Judas. And if I may promote, <laughs> if Bro. you want to know more about the ICC process, I think I have had two episodes now with international human rights lawyers on my podcast, the Law of the Tertaland podcast. So hanapin nyo lang dun yung ICC episodes. There are a lot, the most recent before the yung kaka-upload lang is also about the ICC. And if you have any question about the justice system or the ICC, i-chat it, i-tweet yun na si Lian sa at Lian Buwan sa Twitter. She will really lovingly engage with anyone na hindi troll of course, pero yung may proper question about the justice system in the Philippines. And I'm sure she will reply as she always does sa Afghan mismo na maraming tanong sa justice system sa Pilipinas. Thank you listeners for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, huwag kalimutan na i-follow ang Rapture and News Race sa Facebook, pati na rin sa Twitter. Kung gusto mo na access to exclusive content and events, pwede ka sumali sa Rapture Plus. Kung meron ka namang gusto na topic that you think we should discuss in our podcast, pwede ka mag-email sa investigative at rapture.com. Again, I am Jules Gavilan, and this is Newsbreak Beyond the Stories. If you enjoyed this podcast, help us continue to do what we do by contributing to Rappler. You can support us by making a donation of any amount through rplr.co slash support Rappler. That's rplr.co slash support Rappler. Or click on the link in the description. Your donation directly supports fearless, independent journalism in the Philippines.